We continue this morning with the Easter story as it comes to us from the Gospel of John. Listen for God's word to us this morning. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb, and she saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb, so she ran. And she went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and she said to them, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have laid him. Then Peter and the other disciples set out and went toward the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter, and he reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in. He saw the linen wrappings laying there, but he didn't go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrappings laying there and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who reached the tomb first also went in and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes. But Mary, Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. And as she wept, she bent over to look in, and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head, the other at the feet. They said to her, woman, why are you weeping? And she said, they've taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned around, and she saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've laid him and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, do not hold on to me because I have not yet ascended to the father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. And Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them what he had said, that he had said these things to her. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. So little Johnny was riding to church on Easter Sunday morning. And he was not a happy camper. In fact, he was well on his way to being incredibly cranky. You see, his mom had made him wear some new shoes and they hurt his feet. And then they had put a tie around his neck. And then if that wasn't bad enough, dad made him wear a belt. And as he was riding to church, he was thinking, I know that when I get there, my friend David's going to be in tennis shoes and shorts, and here I am dressed up like this. He was grumbling in the back seat when his mom and dad heard him say, I don't know why we have to go to church on Easter anyway. They just keep telling the same old story, and it never changes in the end. They keep telling the same old story, and it never changes in the end. Nothing new, nothing exciting, nothing's changed. That's how little Johnny came to Easter. 
How have you come to Easter this morning? I can't help but notice there are a few more of you here than usual. You might be here because you think you should or because someone asked you or like little Johnny because someone forced you and that's okay. You could be coming to Easter this year a lot like little Johnny expecting the same old boring story with the same old ending, nothing new, nothing exciting, just an empty tomb, folded grave clothes and some scared women. And I guess you'd be right, because actually the story hasn't changed in 2,000 years, and that's okay. You don't have to expect much to be here. Or maybe you've come to Easter this year with a real concern, a real question, a problem, something very personal and very private that is difficult to carry. Or maybe you've come to Easter this year with grief, with grief that is so fresh that these beautiful lilies here are a reminder and they hurt your heart. Maybe you've come to Easter this year with an illness, a body or mind that's zapping your energy and your joy, that's zapping the energy and joy of your family. Or maybe you've come to Easter this year with issues of our community and our world that are weighing you down, issues that are very heavy. The truth is, my friends, all of these things come with us to Easter. And I confess to you now that I watched you come in today. I watched you park your cars. I watched you get off the shuttle. I watched you walk across the parking lot. And I tell you, not one of you over the age of seven came running. Not one of you. How different from that first Easter. Because the Gospel of John recalls for us on that morning, when at the break of day, basically everyone was running, breathless, wide-eyed, and shocked and amazed. First, Mary Magdalene arrives there in the garden. She finds an empty tomb. Jesus, her Lord, her teacher, her master, she had watched him die just three days earlier, and now he had vanished from the tomb. There was no corpse, no stone across the opening, just empty, noiseless space. So what does Mary do? She runs. She runs out of fear and amazement. She runs because she senses that if she were to stop, this whole thing might just be too much for her. Reminds me of a classmate in my college chemistry class. We had a small explosion, and he just took off running. We didn't see him for the rest of the day. Next time we got together, the professor said, what did you do? What were you thinking? Where were you? And he said, I wasn't thinking. I just ran. Mary meets up with Peter and the beloved disciple, and she tells them what she found. Then they run, not away from the tomb, but toward the tomb, not out of fear, but out of expectation. Could it really be true? Could Jesus no longer be dead? Could God really do such a thing? They sprint to find out. They fall all over each other, trying to get there first, straining to see if the good news is actually true, hoping beyond hope that God's power could smash the hatred and evil around them. Friends, something incredible happened that morning. 
something spectacular, something beyond belief. The love, the light, the hope of the world was tortured and put to death, wrapped in linen and put in a tomb with a stone in front of it. And the forces of hatred and evil, sin and death, they took their best shot and it wasn't good enough. Because God's power, God's love rolled that stone away, tore back those grave clothes, and raised Jesus from the dead. The risen Jesus now meets Mary in the garden. The risen Jesus now calls her by name, and her world is transformed. According to the Gospel of John, now she runs again. She runs after meeting the risen Christ, not in fear but with sheer and utter joy, ready to share this good news with anyone who will listen. Yes, the early followers of Jesus ran that first Easter morning. They ran out of great need, need like ours for comfort and for healing and for peace. They ran out of great fear, the same fear we experience when we look at the evil and inhumanity in our world. And they ran out of great hope. They ran because like so many Christians for so many Easter's, they dared to hope that God's love is stronger than hate, that God's abundant life is stronger than death itself. They ran because they experienced that love, that power, that hope for themselves. They literally ran into Easter and it changed their lives. I see this so often as a pastor. So often I have the privilege of watching people run into Easter. There was a rem remarkable young woman growing up in my last congregation. Being born with a birth defect, by the time I met her at 16, she had suffered through 20 separate surgeries. She and her family went through so very much. During my time as her pastor, I walked with her through six more surgeries, setbacks, and disappointments. She went to college and to seminary. I stayed in touch with her, and I, along with many others, tried to support her as she began to struggle spiritually with what God was doing and with what God was not doing in her life. I watched her in times of despair. I sat with her in times of darkness. But two weeks ago, I witnessed an amazing thing. It was two weeks ago today, because two weeks ago today, I preached at her ordination. She's now an ordained Presbyterian minister, but that's not the amazing thing. Let me tell you the amazing thing. We ordained her to be a chaplain in a children's hospital, a children's hospital. All of her pain, all of her struggle wrapped into a joyful call to be Christ's hands and feet to hurting children and their parents. That is her calling and her new career. Everyone in that sanctuary felt it. Everyone who was there that night knew it. We ran into Easter two weeks early, but we ran into Easter because God had taken this painful young life, and as only God can do, God created something beautiful. 
God created something holy. It still happens, you know. It still happens that people like you and me, churches like this one, run into Easter all the time. When a person whose heart has been torn apart by grief begins to feel that life is worth living again, God is there. Easter is there. When a person struggling with loneliness and depression reaches out for help, God is there. Easter is there. When addictive behavior loses its hold on an individual, God is there. Easter is there. When a community decides to put children or the elderly first and grants resources for their needs, God is there. Easter is there. And when relationships are repaired, when families are reconciled, when struggling young people find their way, God is there. Easter is there. These things just don't happen by accident, my friends. They happen because the same love and power let loose in the world that first Easter morning, it is still here. It is still winning the battles of our everyday lives. These things happen because the world still runs into Easter all the time. Friends, Jesus Christ has risen and God's victory over all that binds us and cripples us and kills us, that victory is complete. That means hope, real living hope is available to each of us. It's available to the church. It's available to our world as we rely on the power of the risen Christ. In the end, it doesn't really matter how you came to Easter this morning. What matters is that the grace, the forgiveness, the love, and the mercy of God got here first. So even if your legs won't run, surely your hearts and your souls can take flight at the good news of this day. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Christ has risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Amen.